Españas, bienvenidos a capítulo número 5 de Viva Spanish, the podcast. For those of you who are just seeing me for the first time on these podcasts, you'll quite quickly realize that I'm unlikely to be confused with a native Spanish person. It could be the pale skin, light hair and blue eyes. I'm not sure though. To blow my own trumpet, a handful of times I have had Spanish people ask me if I am Spanish. Now that's based on having had conversations with them. For me, that is really the ultimate yardstick because what compliment is there beyond that about someone's language skills? On the speaking bit, it sometimes got strange. It wasn't the pareces español comment or the pero tienes acento de Madrid comment that made my ears prick up. It was when someone told me, tienes buen oído, eh? So the first bit when they said pareces español, that by the way, parecer, great verb in Spanish because it means multiple things all at the same time. It can be like, look like, sound like, seem like. They're pretty standard. So when they said pareces español, their point was, you sound Spanish or you sound like a Spanish person. When they said, tienes acento de Madrid, they were saying, you've got a Madrid accent. But the other comment, tienes buen oído, eh? That's, you've got a good ear. Now, obviously, they're talking about the inner ear, as in your hearing, as opposed to the oreja, la oreja, which is the flappy bit, like Dumbo. Anyway, that got me thinking. I suppose it must be right, though, because by having a good ear for something and hearing things as they actually sound, we can then replicate the sound accurately, verbally, I guess. Now, considering that, with Viva Spanish, the first lesson I give to brand new students or students that don't have much of a background with the language is a run-through of the letter sounds. Because, as I'm sure you'll know, the letter sounds in Spanish don't deviate. It's amazing. They follow a set of rules, unlike stupid English, where the O-U-G-H is ow in plow, is O in though, is off in cough, or is or in thought. There could even be more. But in Spanish, it's not like that. In Spanish, the rule is followed all the time. Now, I'd say the trickiest bits for native English speakers to get their head around in Spanish is the way a, a C, the letter C, could be a K, like in cabeza, or it could be a like in cerveza, which I'll be honest, when I saw those two words written down together for the first time, I assumed they were pronounced the same way. Now, simply, if the letter C precedes, comes before, an A, O, or U, it's pronounced as a K, K, K. For example, cama, coche, culo, meaning bed, car, bottom, as in bum. If it precedes an E or an I, it's pronounced as a th. With the Spain-Spanish, at least Castilian, Castellano accent, or maybe as a s 
in a Latin accent or maybe a Southern Spanish accent. Like the words, for example, cebolla or cinco, onion or five. Another thing is the double L in Spanish of the famous paella. Que no, tío. Se dice paella. Now, the double L makes a Y sound, a y, 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 or often a soft J, like paella. Now, the Spanish J, when you see it, is a fun one too. It's a good laugh getting your students to make that for the first time because I teach it like it's an H sound, but from way down there in the throat. That's the same as the G as well. The G before an E, the G before an I is a <laughs> like all the J sounds. For example, the J, the letter is Jota in Spanish. And the word in Spanish for gypsy is gitano. So there you go. Now, the reason for spending, no, no, not spending really, investing so much time on this. Now, when I say so much time, I'm speaking, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes perhaps. The reason for investing this time is because of the impresión, like the impression that this gives of us as speakers of the Spanish language. Remembering the expresión, like notice how both of those sion words are the same in both languages. Impression, expression, impresión, expresión. It works the same for shun words too, like action is acción. That's where it's slightly altered in terms of the spelling, but acción, C-I-O-N at the end. I'll tell you something else that might help you along the way too. All words in Spanish ending in Ion, a feminine. This is free. You're welcome. De nada. As I was saying, Spanish speakers, when speaking English, though, have quite thick accents. They're not guilt-free either. Unai Emery, a football manager, springs to mind because he opened a press conference famously with Good evening. Now, the sad thing for him, though, as is for us when we speak in Spanish, his English is amazingly accurate. But the impression he gives is one that makes people roll their eyes and snigger at the way he pronounces. The same thing happens, and I know this from experience, with those non-native Spanish speakers in Spain, particularly those of us that have gone to holiday resorts and thought we'd give our Spanish a bash, only to be greeted with an English response or have an English menu thrust upon us. So I do insist on good pronunciation. And I think that the Viva Spaniards that have class recognize this in their own Spanish. And I'm pretty sure that they feel proud of the way they speak in Spanish. If they don't, they really should do. In terms of listening, my ultimate moment of accomplishment was when watching football. After a short time in Spain, I told a friend, if I can ever understand what football commentators are saying, I'll know I've learned the language. Lo and behold, I got there. Not that these commentators had very much interest in to say. They are the least imparcial, imparcial, impartial people ever. Man, do they speak quickly, though. It's like one long word. Messi recibe la pelota en la banda derecha. That was just, Messi receives the ball on the right wing. I must admit, though, there was a time a handful of years ago when I thought I'd really ballsed it all up. I was watching La Casa de Papel, or Money Heist. The translation is very different. The House of Paper, Money Heist. Anyway, look for it on Netflix. It's amazing. Fantastic Spanish series. Um, I was watching it with my wife, and she'd fallen asleep. So I thought, I'm going to flick the language over to Spanish just to keep in touch with it, see how I'm getting on. And I also was curious to find out what the actors really sounded like. After 10 or 15 seconds, 
I had a real panic. I wasn't understanding anything. Regardless, I stuck with it, trying my best to understand what they were saying. And after a minute, I remember throwing my head back and thinking, what a waste of time it had all been. That in a few years of being back in the UK, I'd lost my ability to follow a native Spanish conversation. And it was at that moment when I actually started to understand. I'd been getting it all wrong. I mean, since when really do we intently focus on every word that someone has to say? We don't. We accept the sounds inadvertently into our ear canals and allow the brain to interpret the vibrations and they're then converted into the language and the words that we know and recognize. The trick was to not try too hard to follow what was being said. So as I slumped back, I allowed the sounds to wash over me and that's when my brain clicked into action. Thank goodness, because it was uh, a genuine moment of panic when I thought that I'd lost all of my abilities to follow a Spanish conversation. I'm often asked about subtitles when watching films and series. And it's a tricky one for me to answer because purely with anecdotal evidence as opposed to scientific evidence, I find that if the subtitles are on, you're reading them. Even if your native language is English and the subtitles on the screen are English too, you're reading them. Now, consider this. Whatever is on, let's say, native language Spanish. In my opinion, a step in the right direction, almost like beginner level in this progression model, is leaving the sound native and having English subtitles. But this takes me back to what I mentioned before. The chances of you taking in the Spanish whilst reading the English, I feel is quite low. So taking that into account, Spanish audio, Spanish subtitles would be a far more productive way to spend the time you do on your favorite programs. At least the two are consistent then. Your brain isn't scrambling between languages that way. As you probably expect me to say, ninja level would be Spanish sound, no subtitles, but it's all a process. Another thing that Spanish learners or anyone learning a language for that matter should expect is for there to be ups and downs. There'll be days when you come away from a lesson feeling great. You'll be thinking everything's clicking into place and possibly even that was easy. But there will be days when you come away feeling deflated and asking yourself if you're even making any progress, doubting you'll ever get to where you want to get to. Stick with it, though. Ride it out and understand you absolutely are not getting any worse. Maybe you've had a bad day. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you hadn't eaten. Maybe you were on a downer from your caffeine, whatever it might be. But there is almost always going to be a reason why a day feels harder. So don't give up on it. Stick with it. Ride it out. Poco a poco, little by little, paso a paso, step by step, llegarás. You will get there. I had a class today and a student said to me, Oof, this is hard. And I thought to myself, good. And I explained that it should feel hard because we're up leveling at this point now. This group that I've been working with, the basics, the foundations are in place. They've got them. So now we're advancing. Now we're moving up. We're moving on. We're broadening knowledge with synonyms. 
So basically words that have the same meaning as others. For example, I use the expression, lo bueno es, the good thing is, as opposed to, me gusta. And when I do these things, it's not to insist for my students to suddenly incorporate these new expressions into their Spanish, but for them to at least know them for when they hear them in the future. Because a Spaniard isn't necessarily going to change the way that they speak to make it easier for you. Again, speaking about progression models, this is the way I feel it goes when you're learning a language. Number one, you don't understand what you've heard. Number two, you understand it, you recognize it audially, and you can then interpret the meaning of what has been said. Number three, you know it to hear it, but you can't use it. You couldn't formulate a sentence with this, whatever it might be, part of the language. Number four, you're supported with how to use it. So your teacher may be teaching you, your teacher may correct you, your teacher may well set it up for you to use so you can have a bit of practice with it. Number five, you use it incorrectly, but you don't know you have. And this is where the teacher comes into it because a teacher, I, I was going to say, will correct you. A good teacher will correct you. Number six, you use it incorrectly. At this point, you know you've used it incorrectly. However, you're still not sure what it is that you've done wrong so you can't fix it for yourself again good teacher steps in at this point number seven you use this thing incorrectly you know you've done it wrong you know what you've done wrong but you're still not sure how to fix it and are supported number eight you use it incorrectly you know you've done it incorrectly you know what you've done incorrectly however at this point you are capable of correcting your mistake. You can fix it yourself. Number nine, you catch yourself about to use it incorrectly and you pre-correct so that error just doesn't come out verbally. Number 10, boom, smashed it. You've just got it at this point. You know what you're doing. As for reading and writing, the more you read, particularly out loud, the better your accent better your intonation, the better your fluency, the better your expression, the better your vocabulary, the better your knowledge of sentence structures. And in turn, you'll write better for it as well as speak and understand. So some might say that reading is a hack. I hate that word. Hack is a top tip, but that sounds really cheesy. So I didn't bother with that one. So anyway, the second part of that hack, God, I can't believe I said it twice is choosing reading content that you have an interest in. I've had students, adult students, tell me they've bought and read fairy tale and nursery rhyme books as they feel that that was best suited to their level at that point in time. And if you don't mind reading them, crack on, go ahead. But I fear that you'll soon end up pretty bored with those sorts of texts. Best-selling novels by favorite authors. Could be an option, but probably isn't the best solution to this problem because without it being so familiar that you recognize and know the plot and the characters well you're going to be lost for me it was football newspapers for my eldest daughter who's improving her english it was a biography about little mix maybe you're into cooking and you want to pick up a spanish chef's recipe book 
Or maybe, like my mum, you fancy Stanley Tucci and get your languages mixed up in classes between Spanish and Italian. Perhaps you're into F1 and want to read about Fernando Alonso. Tennis, Rafa Nadal, music, Shakira, fashion, Amanti Ortega, the founder of Zara, or Tara. They even have a book series called Little People, Big Dreams. And it's for children, but the texts are about important figures in history and they're in Spanish. So there you have it, chicos. A handful of options for developing your Spanish. And please, 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 whatever you do regarding your Spanish, have faith that progress is being made and invest your time in whatever you're doing as much as you can. Because if you can make it not feel like a chore, you're winning. If it feels like a chore, you'll start to resent it and you'll give it up. And if I hear someone say, I'm no good at languages or I can't do languages while speaking a language perfectly well. Well, nearly perfectly well. I'll chuck something at you. Mil gracias, chicos, por acompañarme. This hasn't happened before, Viva Spaniards, but I am going to ask you to pretty please like, comment with something positive, follow, search for me, Viva Spanish Lee, that's at Viva Spanish Lee on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Look for me on other podcast platforms. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Share, share, share. Please, 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 a compartir, por favor. Muchísimas gracias. Como siempre, la próxima vez, más y mejor.